I'm speaking to Mr. Jefferson Yanibo. He's the UNFCC person here at the Environmental Protection Agency. The UNFCCC is the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Uh, Mr. Yanibo, welcome to this interview. Thank you very much, my dear brother and friend. For the benefit of the ordinary people listening to us, what are carbon credits? Firstly, let me say thank you for uh, the opportunity for us to be heard. But let me also quickly say that uh, carbon credit is just a generic term for any tradable or certificate or permit representing the right to emit or tune of carbon or uh, equivalent amount of a different greenhouse gas. But the question is, firstly, is Liberia an eligible country for carbon credit? Do we actually do have what summons or what would be the reason for us to go towards what you started your question with carbon credit? I say yes. Liberia can obtain that permit. Liberia can be certified or certificated to trade carbon. Let me say that Liberia is uniquely placed in the Upper Guinea Forest, which is part of the less poly, like my boss usually say, the lungs of the world is divided into three distinct categories. You have the Amazon, you have the Congo Basin, and then you have the Upper Guinea Forest. Liberia is within the Upper Guinea Forest. And in the Upper Guinea Forest, Liberia has the highest forested land, which is approximately 49.5, according to the latest FAO forest inventory. 49.5 hectares? No, percent okay. of the total rainforest within the Upper Guinea Forest. So that places Liberia in a position of a lead country within the Upper Guinea Forest. So um, with this quantity of forested area, Liberia among the re, uh, forest nations or reforest, uh, coalition of reforest nations, Liberia holds a very unique position. So if you have um, this percentage of the Upper Guinea Forest, it means that Liberia has, uh, according to the forested um, and uh, the recent survey conducted by the FAO, this is an indication that Liberia has 585 million metric tons of carbon. And if that quantity of carbon is found within this country, it means indeed Liberia is positioned by your question to say, yes, we have tradable volume of carbon. That's a lot of money in terms of cents and dollars, isn't it? Well, indeed, it's a lot of money. But also, carbon credit is not just an ordinary market. It's, uh, it's a tradable market between developed and least developed country. Under the Paris Agreement, you call it INS1 and INS2 parties that have these mechanisms, which you call the CDM, the Carbon Development Mechanism, that will summon or result into the trade agreement. 
So it's not something that we just sit and say because of the volume that is being pronounced. It is equitability in terms of dollar and cents. Yes, it has a lot of value, but it also depends on the position of the holder of the carbon to the trader, you know, of the carbon. Because there is a buyer, there is a holder, and there is a buyer. In this case, Liberia is a holder, and, and a developed nation becomes the buyer. Good. So that's where we are. So the response to your question is yes, indeed. Liberia has carbon coverage. Liberia is adequately positioned for carbon trade. Like you said, you know, what is carbon credit? Carbon credit is like a trade, you know, procedure between two parties, as I rightly said. So yes, Liberia is qualified under the Paris Agreement to go ahead with this. Now, Tell us about the importance of Liberia's forests in combating uh, climate change or, or deforestation, for example. Okay, so we started all with this issue of carbon. If you don't have forest, it's going to be difficult for you to be discussing carbon. So Liberia is a very strategic country, very, very strategic in this Paris Agreement. Like I said, or as I said, in the Upper Guinea Forest, Liberia holds 49% by the recent survey conducted by FAO. So if Liberia alone, you're talking about 100%, a dividend among countries, and Liberia as a country holds 49.0, even if it's 49, just 49% will at any point, it means Liberia is very strategic. So the fact that we have this volume of forest means that we are very strategic to the interests of the world. All right, so our forest is not just only about carbon credit. In terms of biodiversity, Liberia as a country, we have 881 different species of biological diversity. Different species that are found in this country. And of this 881, you might have Species that I will not be able to easily quantify, but you will have species that you cannot easily find anywhere else in the world besides Liberia. These are the kind of values that we have in terms of our forest. A lot of species can be found in Liberia that cannot easily be located somewhere else in the face, on the face of the earth. So Liberia is quite important, not by its size, but in terms of what we have. What nature have brought to place in this country makes us one of the most valuable nations, nature-based valuable nations to the world. Our forests, if we have to manage our forests and prevent the question here as deforestation, Liberia will continuously hold a very unique position in the world. So our forest is very, very essential. Our forest has helped to place us through what we have done in a few years. Our forest inventory, which the FDA conducted in partnership with the FDA, the state of the environment, which we have developed as an institution, the EPA, the Climate Change Action Plan, the NDC, the Nationally Determined Contribution, our National Adaptation Plan, and a couple of other national policy instruments that we have developed as a country, are indicators or pointers 
that we all need to begin to reference in order for us to appreciate this country in terms of its nature value. Now, another key thing is that uh, a few months ago, during a COP26 president, we did recommend to the world uh, an African carbon credit mechanism. Tell us about whether this is applicable in this game where they work. Excellent. The president was, if I say 100%, it's an understatement. I could say he's 1 million percent right. And he has to, ele- he, he needed to elevate the issue of African carbon credit because I just told you, the Upper Guinea Forest, he holds the highest. So we are only going to succeed in making sure that each of our countries can derive the equitable benefit under this nature or under what nature has awarded to each of us as a party. If we speak in unison, we go towards trading our carbon with one voice. If we go fragmentally, the value that we desire, the value that we deserve from what we have as countries are going to be either minimum, if it will ever come, or it will be negotiated fragmentally by states. So when the president said, let us do an African carbon trade mechanism development, he was right. It's good for us to look at ourselves, pull together, so that our percentage grow beyond the 49 that Liberia has. Does that put Liberia in, in, in an advantageous position? Indeed, it does put Liberia in an advantageous position because the statement made by the president in Glasgow at COP26 was an indicator that Liberia had realized who she is. And Liberia needs to play a leadership role by the fight of what she has. How can, how can that statement be actualized then, uh, given that um, Liberia does have huge amount of forests uh, and uh, the world would certainly depend on Liberia for, for its forests in terms of combating greenhouse gases that go into the air like uh, uh, carbon dioxide. To actualize this, the president spoke emphatically and clearly because he was sufficiently convinced that he has the institutions, and he had the quality of technicians that will support the political statement he made. And so that brings to bear on the EPA the responsibility to say the president has realized that this is the value of his country, this intense of nature, and this is the role he wants to play in making sure that this nature value can take a rightful position on the face of the eye. So the Environmental Protection Agency is now taking the statement from the president to say, okay, we take a lead. We went to Glasgow. Before going to Glasgow, we had a pre-cop. The pre-cop was for us to sit together, discuss. In fact, before the pre-cop, we had a national conference. That national climate change conference was driven by the office of the president. He started laying emphasis on how much interest he had in making sure that Liberia become a prime party to combating climate change. At the national conference, the president said, I commit my time, my effort, 
and the resources of my country to make sure that the Paris Agreement is fulfilled. How I ensure that the Paris Agreement was ratified in 2008 under my administration. Do you think Liberia has the system in place uh, for, for this uh, Africa Carbon Credit Treaty mechanism? Liberia does have the facility. The fact that you have the Environmental Protection Agency, you have line ministries and agencies that are sectoral actors, means that the government already have in place the infrastructure. All that the president said was, with what I have, I don't still think I want to go as an individual state. I want to make it more collective. And so I'm giving you the genesis of the National Climate Change Conference, the pre-COP conference, and the post-COP. The intent of the post-COP after we return from Glasgow is to make sure the statement made by the president in Glasgow will now bring together member states from the Manor River Union and other African countries that will develop interest in what Liberia want to do to say, let us say together, the president of Liberia or the Republic of Liberia who owns the higher percentage of the Guinea, upper Guinea rainforest is saying we can do better if we speak together. We can do better if we act together. So I'm organizing a conference once more to say Manor River Union, other African member countries. I made a proposal in Glasgow. Can you come? Let's sit together. Let's look at it together. Let's develop the mechanism together. So the post-COP that is being organized by the EPA, which will be rolled out officially by the executive director through consultation, will bring together other member states to review what our the proposal made by our president. So plans are on the so, Sorry about that. Plans are on the way for that. Excellent. Plans are on their way. And I, I may be a little bit more too fast in rolling the information out. But I think by virtue of the position I hold as coordinator of multilateral environmental agreements and national focal point on climate change, it's good for all of us to know that the president says something in Glasgow and it has brought a very big thought to all of us. And we're trying to expand on it and make sure that his African dream, the consolidation of Africa, to develop Africa carbon trade mechanism will work. How soon do we hope to see those plans being rolled out? The formalities, thank you for coming to talk to us. And I hope you will continue to come to talk to us. Whenever we can add the conceptual framework has been developed, the timelines are being reviewed. We need to share this now with partners around the world and other colleagues who have developed interest in joining Liberia to do this. As soon as we can reach a precise and concise determination of when and how we intend to do it, we'll roll the information out to the public. I want to go back to an earlier point you made and when you talked about... Uh the importance of Liberia's forests uh, in uh, protecting biodiversity. Uh, tell us about the danger or the, the, the problems that human activities are causing to the forests. Human activities such as farming. Well, um, climate change in its entirety is a direct result of human action on the environment. Now, you talk about the national actions to climate change. You have uh, the issue of uh, deforestation, which is largely attributed to pit soil, slash and boring, 
charcoal production. These are all human activities. And of course, industrialization, when countries are transitioning to development ages. In the context of Liberia. In the context of Liberia, when we talk about industrialization, major investments, you have uh, institutions that have come to Liberia to do oil palm. To plant oil palm, you are replacing forests with palm. You know, there are other activities that you may be involved with because that's what you call the development age. All right. And these are all human actions. So all of these things will contribute. But mind you, with all that is happening, Liberia is still very, very keen on what they call uh, um, protected area. Liberia. How much damage is all of that causing to the forests? Those points that you made. Very minimal for now. Looking at the density of forests you have in Liberia, the level of destruction may not be, be more than 4%. And Liberia is still very, very keen on protecting the forest. That's why you have a lot of protected area and proposed protected areas under our laws. Now, are there new areas that uh, the UN uh, is recommending or is proposing that people focus on uh, because we're now, you, you see, uh, everybody's concerned about uh, the impacts of, of climate change of the, on the environment, on the forests. Are there areas that the UN is recommending to governments around the world that uh, people should be uh, focusing on now? The critical area of concern to all of us is one, countries should begin to consider deforestation as a critical issue under climate change. Countries should begin to look at nature-based biodiversity, all right, conservation of biodiversity. Key also under all of these things is climate-smart agriculture. Yeah. What does that mean for the ordinary person listening? What it means is when you say climate-smart agriculture, we're saying let's look at different ways of doing farm to avoid every year us cutting, burning, and relocating. Especially so, if this year you cut, assuming you alone cut two hectares, hmm, and you are 100 in the town that make farm, if each person cut two hectares, you're talking about 200 hectares. The following year, you cut another 200 hectares. For only the purpose of planting rice or cassava, you can use the same spot, for the next couple of years, we are relocating. All you need to do is to change your pattern of farming, your, the way you do your farming. Sometimes, too, people look at low land. Can we go to the swamp and lead the forest? Because the swamp even yield more harvest than the forest. But we need to educate our people. They need to know the benefit of leaving the forest and doing the farming the other way around, or the benefit of retaining your farming to one place over a given period of time. Now, the question most of them continue to ask us is, what are the alternatives? If you say, I shouldn't boil coal. If you say, I shouldn't cut the forest to do pit soil. If you say, I, I shouldn't cut the forest because I need to grow rice, I need to grow cassava, I need to do other farming activities. How do I survive? So the response from the, like the president said now, Africa position, part of Africa, Africa position will be alternative plan. If you tell us not to do this, 
What do we do? That's the reason why you see countries develop what you call the nationally determined contribution towards climate change. Countries identify those things that they can do as their contribution to reducing the effect of climate change on the world. So the Liberian Revised NDC we submitted is clear. We have nine sectors, agriculture, energy, transport, all of these things we said we will reduce our activity, our human Fisheries included as well. Fisheries and everything. I mean, I just named a few of the sectors. We said these are things that we are going to reduce our human activity to make sure that we contribute to climate change. But for us not to be, to do those things that we have been doing that have helped to increase climate change, you need to also do this. So we call that conditional targets. For example, if you see Liberia is running generator all over the town, the generator smoke is contributing largely to heat, which is causing the climate change, global warming. We don't want to use generator, but we also don't have money to pour current in everybody's house. So can you help us to improve our electricity grid? Can you bring some solar panels in the communities and put there so that people get connected to it? Their houses are lighter so they stop using generator and emitting greenhouse gas. Can you come to bring some money so that the Ministry of Agriculture can go in all of the countries and tell the people that it's good for us to go to do lowland farming then it will be for us to continue to deforest? Can you help us to put the loggers they paid soyers into different business in order to take the chainsaw from their hand because they are declaring war on the forest. But that's their livelihood. So if we tell them to stop, what do we have to offer? The government of Liberia don't have money to do all of these things. So those are all bundled up in our new document that we call the Revised Nationally Determined Contribution as conditional targets. Now, the unconditional part of it is that the government of Liberia said these are things that, for example, you say policy change. The government said, no, you don't need to give me your money. I got my house of legislature. I got my ministers. I got my people who are doing the job. Once you agree that these things can be done, then I will give order to my people to say, make sure that this one doesn't happen. You don't need to give me any money for that. You call that unconditional targets. But to change from my coffee, the power that is produced at my coffee or somewhere else from the use of generator to post stop to it so that we don't say no. I mean, I mean, I'm not my coffee, say my coffee is a hydro. We talk about the turbine engine here on the Bush Island. In order for us to stop using the turbine engine, we have uh, what you call uh, clean energy. So if the turbine engine is producing, assuming eight megawatts of power to supply Moravia, can you help us to replace the turbine engine with solar energy to produce 15 megawatts? If you put that there, you will never see us switch that turbine engine on anymore. We shut it down. Now, now quickly, before we leave you, uh, you talked about smart agriculture. Uh, there's a project that has been implemented in some counties, five of Liberia's 15 counties, including Bong, Emangibi, uh, Fitch, Pony, and Res. Uh, what do you think about that? How is it uh, significant, if you will, to combating climate change? Those are very wealthy initiatives. First thing is, if you do fish ponds everywhere in the community, you are supporting 
conservation. You are supporting other initiatives. If you go into climate smart agriculture where the people are doing low-land farming, they can harvest throughout the year depending on how they plant and they avoid deforestation. Now, mind you, the NDC, as much as the Environmental Protection Agency where I sit, is the crafter and the nationally designated authority on climate change the EPA does not implement sectoral projects. We do not go in a field to do what Ministry of Agriculture do. We do not go in a field to do what fishery does. We do not go in a field to do what Ministry of Transport is supposed to do. All we do as agency is to bring together all the government institutions to plan together to say, this is what the world is seeing. We should fight to reduce global warming below 1.5. So as a responsible government and party to the Paris Agreement, what can we do in the transport sector to reduce emission? We say, okay, by the year 2025, maybe Liberia will change bringing cars that are 15 years old because they exhaust a lot of, I mean, the, the, the exhaustion of the, the, they emit a lot of smoke. So you have some trucks in Liberia or you have some vehicles stay in this country that when they pass by you, you got to wait two minutes to see your way clear. So the government will tell you, say, okay, I'm going to ban those kind of vehicles from plying the street. But how? You have to help me to introduce electric motor. You have to reduce the cost of vehicles that I want to bring into my country so that the people that got old cars can take them off the street. But if a man can afford $2,000 to buy a 20-year-old used car, and you tell the man no 20-year-old used car should come here, all used car coming to Liberia should be five years, and the five-year used cars are all from 15000 up, that man, in the next 50 years, he will never be able to own a vehicle, right? Okay, Mr. Yunipo, any other thing you want to say before we leave you? Well, um, the only thing I have to say is that managing the environment is everybody's business. It's not just the EPA. It involves you, it involves me. And the key component is what you have started. Our people need to know. Our people need to know. Awareness is very, very key to climate change, which will be a component of our activity that have not really reached the level we intend for it to reach. So I'm glad that you are involved, and I want to say thank you for coming. I hope you will continue to come. Thank you. Okay, we've been speaking to Mr. Jefferson Yanimbo. He's uh, the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change Focal Person here at the Environmental Protection Agency. Thanks for listening.